Reviews and testimonials only tell half of your customer's story. Having evidence-based case studies detailing how you helped a customer solve their problem is a highly effective marketing and lead generation tool for your business. My name's Minnie McBride, and today I'm chatting with Tamsin Henderson, queen of the case study. She's got some great advice and tips for us. It's a great listen, so let's dive in. Cracking Copy is a marketing and copywriting podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line. We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the myths about how we should write and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative while also being high impact for serious results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together. So welcome Tam, Tam Henderson, to the Cracking Copy podcast. It's lovely to be here. Well, Tam is a copywriter. And she's perhaps best known for being queen of case studies. So I think it would be good to start with a little bit of an introduction. Um, perhaps talk to me about, you know, your background and and why you do what you do. Sure. So I run an online copy school or an online school for freelance copywriters. I like to call them entrepreneurial word nerds. And essentially, I help people get more of what they want in life and business by writing clear, concise, compelling sentences. Because when people pay attention to you, when people buy into your ideas, buy into you, then everything you do just has a much higher chance of success. You know, more people want to share your stuff. They want to buy your products and services. More people are interested in you and feel inspired by you. So, you know, everything these days comes down to how you communicate with words online, because everything online is words, right? So I have a course on Udemy. Um, Udemy is a global marketplace where you can literally learn anything. And the courses are usually taught by people who are doing the thing. And it's a three-hour course that gives you a foundational knowledge, gives you foundational knowledge in copywriting. And then what people tend to do is then come over to my online school where I show them how to turn those skills into a business, whether that's a side hustle or a full-time career. I show them how to write proposals, how to find clients, how to stand out, how to be visible. And I also have sort of signature programs like how to write case studies. And I know we're going to be talking about case studies in a little while. And the reason I do this is because as a child, as a girl, I was a really, really shy, very highly sensitive young thing. And I really struggled growing up and then moving into corporate to, to human sometimes, you know, to communicate in a way that felt comfortable. I felt very uneasy. And I think we live in a world that really values extroverts. Mm. And as an introvert, it just, I just found it hard to communicate. So when I discovered 
that writing, I could actually take my time. I wouldn't go red. I wouldn't stutter. I wouldn't forget what I was saying. And people actually paid attention. I had an opportunity to contribute, you know, to be valuable. So it was like a light bulb moment for me. And so I really love to help people who feel, you know, underestimated or feel like they're not good enough writers or they're maybe too old to, to make a career change or just not good enough. And so, yeah, I feel very passionate that anybody can get more of what they want by just improving how they communicate through words and with writing. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much why I do what I do. Wow. I think I think that's very interesting because it's only really recently and I'm in my 50s that I have realized, too, that I am much better communicator with words on paper than I am on a on a podcast which is why I spend a lot of time editing myself out but I do think you're right there's in terms of society and also you talk about online being words but actually a lot of it now is video isn't it and a lot of it is having to get in front of the camera and for people that don't like that or feel really uncomfortable it's really hard I mean like Instagram you know went from lovely photos and text now to blooming reels and it's it's hard if that's not your thing so unfortunately for us I think words are still king and queen absolutely I think there's always going to be the need for the written word I know videos everywhere but I really don't think you know I, I never watch videos to be honest I'm always still reading I think it just depends on your learning style how you like to absorb content but you know Words are words aren't going anywhere, you know. And if you can, if you learn how to get grab people's attention and hold it and keep it and persuade them and inspire them, then you know you're you everything you do is just going to be it's just going to be so much better, and you're just going to get better results whatever you do. Exactly, and I do think one of the one of the ways that we're going with AI is that personalized marketing is the future. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about case studies, really, because, you know, anyone can go on to chat GPT and get them to write some kind of generic introduction to your business, if that's what you want. However, as we all know, when you're looking to buy something and you go to a website, actually what you want is you want to know how it's helped other people and whether it's a scam or actually is the product as good as they say it is or their service is as good as they say it is. And so things like case studies and testimonials, I think, are going to become more and more important. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about trust. It's all about getting people to believe that we are who we are and what we're selling is kosher. It's all about trust. It's all about building trust as businesses and, you know, getting our customers to believe in us and what we're saying. And if we're selling things on the internet or selling things anywhere and people don't know who we are, we need to create that trust. We need to foster that in them. And the way we do that is by sharing the stories of our customers. Because, you know, I can tell you till I'm blue in the face that my course is are great and they get great results but you're not going to believe it until you hear it from my students directly the other thing about case studies is that their stories you know they're compelling them as a marketing content they're just much more 
persuasive than just a bog standard brochure saying, hey, look, look how great we are. And so, yeah, case studies, they are, they're essentially success stories. Um, or a lot of people say they're like testimonials on steroids, but they go a lot deeper than a testimonial. They show the complete story and they show people your process and how, how you work with them. And, you know, they build that know, like, and trust factor. Yes, it's the social proof, isn't it? It's the it's the icing on the cake. So I might be lured in by an advert because it looks great and it's a good price, but there's no point in me parting with my money if it isn't what it says it is. And actually there aren't customers who are saying that it's brilliant. I mean, the amount of times, particularly I think on social media, you see these ads and then the product looks great. So you just buy it. And then when it never arrives, you then go on to Trustpilot and realize that it's got zero stars because it's everyone says they're rubbish and they're a scam. And I do, you know, that's <laughs> you're parting with more money, particularly for businesses. I guess, you know, you're trying to sell maybe something quite complicated as well. I think a case study is a really good way to, as you say, engage and storytelling. I mean, we've we've done a a podcast on storytelling but it's something that we need to revisit again and again because it's so important and as we say much more important I think now just well it's always been important but I think it's becoming more and more vital what do we mean then by a case study I mean we've kind of danced around the edges as in why it's a benefit so what do you think the key sort of ingredients are of a of a case study? Yeah, so a good case study needs to show the transformation that a client has achieved or enjoyed as a result of a product or service. So generally, most case studies, the ones that I write, the ones that I teach, they're usually sort of five to 800 words. They're an A4 printable that you can use as a digital PDF or you can print it out. But generally, they follow this narrative structure of before, middle and end or challenge solution results, which is it's very formulaic, but for good reason, because, you know, it's the classic story arc that we see in every story screenplay episode of breaking bad you know what book novel whatever and that's because it's very satisfying for us to to read that or to hear that and it's also much more it's very persuasive and so a good case study paints a picture of that transformation in a really vivid sensorial way and the way that we do that is to ask the right questions so we always, a good case study starts with the right questions. You know, we need to know what exactly were you doing at the moment that you realized you had a problem? So, you know, rather than just saying to people, what, what was your challenge? We want to know, you know, what were they doing? What were they, where were they? What was going on in their life? And in, in asking that question, they're going to be a lot more concrete with how they respond. And using those specifics makes a case study really powerful and likewise you know when did you realize what what was going on with you when you realized that the problem was solved and in asking those questions we tend to find that that transformation is much more vivid it's a bit like um, in changing rooms or any of those sort of home renovation shows you know when there's a really 
the, the before and after is is really sort of like fantastic and awe inducing. No, but I love changing rooms. It's like in those home renovation shows where you see the room at the beginning, this like grey box that's like just really boring and uninspiring, and then they have the big reveal where the room's just like this garish, I don't know, bright pink and orange and orange, you know, pink and orange and gold monstrosity. People love that. People love to see the transformation. So if we can aim for that in our case study, then people are going to be really interested in it and compelled by it and feel like it's something they want for themselves and can can imagine for themselves. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And actually, in between that, obviously, the process of, of getting there. So just quickly going back to the very beginning, a client will get you on board to write them a case study. So you're interviewing not your client. You're inter- you are going to be interviewing the customer. Absolutely. So your client wants a case study. They will put you in touch with their customer. You interview their customer. You have the right questions that elicit this transformational story and then you create the story based on that and usually your client will give you the hook or sort of what the story is going to be about and then you go away and write it based on your interview questions brilliant so now we know what they are and and sort of how to go about doing it i do think one of the things that we do need to touch on is why people use them. And we've talked about the social proof, but also the the beauty of having a case study is the repurposing element, isn't it? So obviously you've got your storytelling and you've got your social proof and your, you know, your know, like and trust factors. But by having a case study, there's so much you can then do with that. You don't just leave it or have that as you say you can have it as a pdf you can use bits of it can't you on your social media you could actually make a video if you so wanted you could talk about it on a podcast so the repurposing aspect of that piece of content is infinite almost isn't it absolutely and i think one of the reasons a lot of people don't invest in their case studies is because they don't put them to work afterwards. You know, if you've got a really good case study, you've got an asset that you can use over and over again. It's a bit like when people don't do this, they it's like buying some software, investing in some software and then just leaving it there. You know, you you don't do that. You go and you you use it and you make it work for you. And the same with case studies. You know, they are they're evergreen marketing content. So unlike, say, a blog post or a social media caption, which is a little bit ephemeral, you know, it might get shared a few times, it does have a, a lifespan. Whereas case study, it can, go, it, it can be used for years to come and you can repurpose it in so many different ways. You can turn them into blog posts. You can optimize them for SEO. You can use them in your email campaigns. You can splice them up and turn them into, you know, three or four different emails that lead from one to another and create curiosity through the journey, increase your open rates. You can use them across your social media channels. So again, you can 
you can throw them into ChatGPT and ask it to come up with a series of Facebook posts or LinkedIn posts to drive traffic to that website. Yeah. You can link to them in your email signature. If you're savvy, you'll have a dedicated page on your website with all your case studies. But the thing with that is that not many people will will find it. So you talk about having a dedicated place on your on your website. Do you think that when people call it case studies, that that looks a bit dry, maybe? So I'm just wondering whether there's a a, a different way of I don't know marketing it on the website. Definitely, I think it's always good to have a dedicated page. But the the problem is that not many people will find it. So why not put your case studies on your homepage? Why not put them on your about page and your service pages as well? You can also use, if you've got a really strong one, why not use it as a lead magnet to collect email addresses? And if you don't like the term case studies, you know, a lot of people just call them success stories or customer stories. That's probably a bit more compelling than case studies. I think case studies get a really bad rap. You know, they tend to be seen as this really dry, boring thing when actually they're such a powerful marketing tool. They're one of the most powerful tools in your marketing kit, you know, full stop, because they're these assets that you can use over and over again. And I think a lot of people miss that trick by either not writing them or not, or giving them to the intern to write or just not giving them the attention they deserve because when you get them right they are so powerful yes and I was just thinking actually about putting them on the home page and I do and now I'm trying to think from my own perspective where I'd put them I like the sort of success stories as well but I'm thinking about why why we're averse to the words case studies and I'm wondering whether that's because in school <laughs> in the textbooks there was always a little section that said case study. And I wonder whether that's a bit of a bit of a turnoff for us because it reminds us of a bit of an academia um, approach. And that's not maybe we're thinking we don't really want that for our business. But actually, what the whole point of having them in academia is because it it proves a point and it's exactly the same, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's telling the story through your customer's eyes. So that social proof is just so much more compelling. But I agree the word case studies definitely needs a rebrand and success stories is just it's just much more interesting. You're definitely going to click on that if you see on somebody's website. Well, you definitely are if you're going to be researching whether that's the company for you or whether that's the the product for you, you do want to make sure that they are who they say they are and that their customers are happy. And if actually you've got invested in a lot of case studies or you've got several with slightly different transformations, perhaps, or slightly different industries, at least you, what, you're, what you're doing is, is, is relatable. Absolutely. And you're addressing people's questions and objections um, without having to get on the phone with them, you know, before having that consultation or that you know email tennis you've got these stories on your website that answer the questions in the heads of your potential customers so you're getting them closer to the sale you know people say they shorten the sales cycle and yeah absolutely if you're looking to buy something and you can see other people like you 
who've had the same problem and how a client has solved that, then you're you're going to be saving yourself a lot of time and energy by getting them closer to making that decision through your success stories. So to somebody listening who's saying, okay, what how do I start or what are what are the top things that I need to think about? Um, when researching and writing a case study, do you have like a top five tips that you can perhaps you would mind giving our listeners? Well, first of all, you mentioned research. There is very little research required to write a case study because all of the information comes from your client and their customer. So I think a lot of people worry about case studies for that reason, they think, oh, but how am I going to make sure I get it right? You know, what if I collect some, you know, get some wrong data? But everything comes through the client and everything is approved by the client. You're just taking their words and packaging them into a case study that is easy, fun and interesting to read. So in terms of my tip, I would say the first thing is make sure you have a good headline that is First of all, it's like a hook. So if you saw that headline when you were scrolling Facebook or reading a newspaper, is that a headline that you would like to read? That's your first sense check. And then secondly, is your headline clear and specific? So where a lot of people go wrong with their headlines is they'll write one like, how we helped Bubble Co. reach their full potential. You know, that actually doesn't tell me anything. You know, what does full potential mean? It's a very generic, meaningless, intangible phrase, right? But if I said how we helped Bubble Co. increase their click-through rates by 200%, now we're talking. Now it's specific and concrete. So now people will know whether to actually bother reading your case study. You know, because if they don't get past the headline, you've lost them. Yeah. So that's my first tip. My second one is to show the transformation, as I mentioned before. We need to know what was going on when the client had their problem and then how it felt afterwards or what was the end result. So if we can show that transformation, we're going to have a much more powerful case study. The third tip is to, as I said again, is to have the right questions. So we want a mix of measurable results. Data is always good. Numbers are always good. People love to see you know, percentages of increase in revenue or time saved, that sort of thing. But we don't just want a boring factual case study. We also want the human side of it. We want to know what was at stake for them when they realized they had a problem, you know, what would, where was the jeopardy here? And we mm. also want to know, you know, what did it feel like for them when they solved the problem? Did they say 50 hours a week on manual processes by switching to your software? And did that? what did that mean for them? Does it mean that they can now leave work on time and pick up the kids from school? Does it mean that they no longer have job losses in their future or they don't have to sort of downsize their headquarters or what have you? We always want to know what the emotional side of it was. And that way we can balance the two and it's just going to make for a much more interesting story. The key word here is story. And because it's a story, it is much more relatable, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. We want people to be able to see themselves in your case study. We want them to imagine what their life will be like when they get that result. So they're going to 
hopefully get in touch with you and buy buy your thing. Yeah. So the fourth tip is formatting, which is one of those underestimated, undervalued tips with anything really when it comes to writing. And I think one of the problems with a lot of the case studies that I see is that they're these big intimidating blocks of text. Yeah. That when you see them, you just don't bother reading them. It's like when you get an email from someone and it's just reams and reams of words and you're just like, I'll save it for later. And then you never go back. And it's the same with case studies. You don't want to lose people. And and the thing is, people will just go somewhere else if they feel intimidated. And so all of the hard work and effort you've put into creating your case study goes to waste. So I like to keep my case studies 500 to 800 words, lots of white space, keep my sentences short and snappy, keep my paragraphs to no more than three sentences, try to have my sections um, similar uh, length. And so aesthetically, it all looks very pleasing. Lots of headings, lots of subheadings to give people a glimpse of what's coming. And yeah, just make sure that your case study is easy to read and has lots of call outs, you know, box out statistics and data and quotes and that sort of thing. And then finally, my final tip is the call to action. Obviously, you need a call to action. Everybody needs that. Yeah. But instead of a boring one, like for more information, contact da da da. Why not use a conversion copywriting principle here and ask them a question? Um, I like to reflect back the message of the case study. So would you like to increase your web traffic by 200%? So what we're doing is we're stopping our reader in their tracks. So they've been reading the case study. Now they're asking themselves that question inwardly, but we're also reinforcing what the message, what the overarching message of the case study is at the same time. And that's just going to make much better use of that last bit of real estate on your case study. So yeah, those are my five tips. Mm, I think they're really good ones. They're really good ones. And do you think, I mean, I suppose it depends where you're going to publish the case study, but I guess photographs are good to have in there too, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. The more visually appealing it is, people buy with their eyes. I know they're not directly buying with this, but you know, do not use a case study that's just words because, again, it's boring, isn't it, and yeah. intimidating to read. So even if you have to use stock photos, I always I say, you know, ideally use photos of your the people in the story, you know, what they're using, how they're using it. But if you have to use stock photos, that's better than nothing. Okay, and would you – so let's say we're putting one on a website – would you use a testimonial alongside it as well? Or is that something that you maybe would pick out of your case study to use elsewhere? Yeah, generally, I would pick out the best quotes from the case study. And often when you're interviewing a customer, you get loads of good material. And a lot of it you don't put into the case study because you want to keep it short and succinct. And you might have these extra quotes that you can dot around you know, use across your social media channels that then drive traffic perhaps back to your case study. Yeah. And the great thing about this is that, you know, people need to see your marketing message several times. I think what is the, the statistic? It's nine times or something before they'll buy from you. So chopping up your case studies and all the quotes and testimonials and using them across everywhere that you are visible, every professional presence, 
um, gives them that opportunity to see that message. It's consistent and it's reassuring for people because they're seeing the same message from you um, in a very cohesive and consistent way. Yeah, no, that's been really, really helpful. And I know that I need to do case studies. And actually, in prep for this podcast, I was actually thinking, God, you know, I could do a case study on this client or that client. And actually, it's very helpful for somebody to because they'll say a copywriter, but what actually do you do? And who do you work with? And actually to have some case studies of the clients that I have worked with and what I've done actually would be extremely helpful. And it's a good way of me showing off my, you know, what I do and how I how I do change and help clients. And so much stronger than a testimonial because you're showing your process, you're showing how you approach something and anything that you, anyone that sells anything that's, like you said, complicated or requires any kind of personalization where it's just not an off the peg product, people want to know, you know, how do you approach this? What's your thinking behind it? Can I trust this person to do that for me? And the other thing with testimonials is that they can, they can be, you know, when people say, oh, working with Minnie was really great. You know, that's what people tend to come back with when you ask them for a testimonial, which doesn't really engage anybody or sound appealing. So yeah, having a case study just delves that bit deeper. Well, I need to do more. I know I need to do more. And actually, I know I need to suggest perhaps more for my clients. And actually, a lot of them do use video, I think, because not everyone looks at the videos. Particularly, actually, if you're somewhere where, you know, it's quiet, because they don't always have the captions on anyway, do they? So, yeah. Okay, so more more case studies all round. So where can people find you? So it's been so lovely to get your tips today. How can people contact you? There's going to be your contact details in the show notes, but you have a website. You have. Yes. Yep. You can find me at copycooks.com. That's copy K-O-O-K-S.com. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Tamsin Henderson. And if you join my newsletter, you can grab my three magic emails for finding copywriting clients. And that way you can hear when I'm next launching my case study course, if you're interested. People can find you in your Facebook group. Yes, I have a Facebook group as well. You can find that under Copy Kooks, although I'm not as active there. LinkedIn is the best place to find me and on my email newsletter. Yeah, and the other thing is obviously your courses. Yes, so you can find my courses on Udemy. I have the complete copywriting course there. That's the three-hour course I mentioned earlier, and there's a couple of other smaller courses there. And then over on Copy Kooks, There are courses on how to write proposals, how to find clients, and also you can sign up to get on the waiting list for my case study course, which we launch, which I launch twice a year. So the next one of those is coming up in Feb next year. Fantastic. So very soon. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a great chat. And um, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Minnie. You have been listening to the Cracking Copy podcast with Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride. Don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts. And more details and resources are in our show notes. So we'll see you next time.